Hi everyone, we're Gabby, Karim, and Jules, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halad to Health. Last season, we took you behind the scenes of some of our mock MMI stations. So we've talked about the GAMSA and we've talked about the interview. So now on to the next step. This season, we're talking all things getting ready for med school. We will be running you through what a day in the life of a medical student looks like, what study techniques to know about, what your career is going to look like, and much more. So So stay stay tuned tuned and get get ready to get get med ready. ready. (laughs) Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Josh Waltz. How are you going, Josh? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. No worries. So before we get in and answer some tough questions, I'll start with an acknowledgement of country. So I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which we both are today and the land in which our listeners are on. For myself, that is the Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nations. I would like to pay my respect to their elders past, present and emerging and pay that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples that may be listening today. So thanks for joining me, Josh. Did you want to just get started Get started, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, happy to. Um, well, I mean, to start, I wasn't informed that the questions were going to be tough. <laughs> uh, so thanks for throwing me under the bus there. Um, <laughs> but I am currently a third year medical student at the University of Melbourne, originally from Toronto, Canada. Um, I'm currently placed at um, the Royal Melbourne Hospital in um, in the clinical allocations. Um, and I'm a classical Canadian. I play ice hockey, which is quite foreign. And obviously, as you enter into your later years of medical school, you dedicate a lot of time to medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was your med journey like, like going from undergrad to getting into medicine? Yeah, so I studied um, at Western University and I got an honor specialization in kinesiology in the branch of sports medicine. And that was a four-year degree. So it was heavily based on nutrition, athletic injuries, the basic sciences. So it encompassed like biochemistry, organic chemistry, physiology, the chems, bios, all that fun jazz. But it kind of put um, a little bit of my interests and directed the program towards that um, because I'm far more interested in more clinical medicine. So we got to do like athletic therapy programs and work for sports teams. So that was quite a unique aspect of the program itself. And so I didn't have to sit and study organic chemistry for four years. Um, And then I decided immediately after my fourth year that I wanted to go into medicine and I didn't want to take a year off and do a master's. So I landed up applying to Canada and applying to Australia. And I got into Melbourne and a couple other Australian schools. And unfortunately I didn't get into Canada because there's quite a large bottleneck and not many spots. It's very, very competitive. And I didn't want to take the year off. So I went to Melbourne and here I am three years later. Here you are. That's your undergrad course sounds really full on as well. How did that sort of compare or prepare you for medicine? Yeah. So the undergraduate programs in Canada are quite different, I think, than they are here in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite full on. You have like five courses per semester. They can either be full year or, you know, half year courses, but it has to equivalent to five a semester. And you have to do at least three hours of lecture based per course. And a lot of the courses, because the science based course, you had to do at least 
um, nine hours to start of labs. So there's quite a lot of contact hours and then additional study. And then in my program, because of the sports medicine aspect, we also had like part-time jobs at the athletic teams or in the sports centers. Mm. So as you know, each year was different, but that was the typical um, format of how the four years went. Mm. Uh, so I guess it just helped with time management and studying efficiently. And it gave you a lot of time and a lot of practice trying to find out what works for you. And that's how it prepared me for medicine here. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you sort of know that? Yeah, I definitely want to study medicine and go down that clinical pathway rather than more of that sports med. Yeah. So, you know, sports physician is still a thing. Um, it's not something so much I want to do. Uh, I love the idea of medicine because I had done a lot of previous experience working as like a trainer in like the sports field, um, got nutrition certifications and, you know, created diet plans. And I worked in physio and a lot of the big questions they asked me were, you know, why medicine, not physio. And the big thing was I wanted to have the largest impact and kind of work with the most autonomy um, and having a larger impact on my actual patients' care plans. And I felt very restricted. It was, you know, I saw patients after their injury when I was doing rehab and physio. Um, you know, there was no immediate intervention. There was not really not much I could do to change the course of this you know, a patient's recovery. Um, so I found that going into medicine gives you the most opportunity to kind of follow through with that. You know, you get the patient a diagnosis, you get to do your interventions and management, and then you get to follow up with the rehab programs and continual follow-ups. So it was a lot more encompassing of all aspects of a patient's care as opposed to just one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. An all round thing. Yeah. And Going on from that, um, from an international student perspective, um, we've got lots of listeners who are international students um, or who are wanting to study medicine internationally. Um, how would you sort of describe your experience? This was obviously uh, pre-COVID when you made the jump to Australia, um, but how was that transition? The transition was really easy uh, for me personally. I know it's quite challenging for a lot of people, but there's a really strong international student community here. And especially coming from Canada, they have a recruiting agency that brings all Canadians together and helps with the application process and kind of gives you all the resources you need and teaches you about public transport and, you know, where to live, ideally to be around campus. Mm -hmm. um, so that made it a lot easier. And then because the recruiting agency organized meet and greets and, you know, welcome drinks and welcome breakfasts for all the Canadian students, we went with a community we weren't alone so that made it a lot easier um, especially because I, I landed up meeting my roommates and we've kind of you know helped each other throughout every every tough aspect of the the big move and you know feeling homesick and all of that so having a good community makes it a lot a lot easier yeah absolutely and with new international students looking to study medicine um, abroad this year, it might look a little bit different. So what sort of advice do you have for them? Uh, you know, I don't see any reason why you'd want to postpone, um, you know, applying to medicine and starting. It's quite a long journey. You know, you have four years of medicine, then you got your internship, then you got to be a resident, then you got to apply to become a registrar, then eventually become an accredited registrar. And it's, it's a whole, it's a whole jazz 
towards eventually fully qualifying. So, you know, why postpone it? Um, the first, first, so my girlfriend is coming in in the new MD now, mm-hmm. and they've adapted for all the international students to complete the year online, which is very helpful for first years. And that mimics exactly how my first year was. I know they're creating the new MD now where there's a lot more clinical hours in first year, but it's very, very like attainable and to complete first year abroad and just come in whenever restrictions ease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is very much a content heavy year. So doing it behind a screen is what I think most people are going to be doing, whether they're abroad or not, um, just based on the way of the world at the moment. Um, So yeah, hopefully there's a good little community created online as well, where students can support each other through that online learning. Um, And any students that have sort of worries about that. We have lots of episodes on season three about how to get through Zoom University, (laughs) so to speak. But students who are sort of facing the challenges that you faced when you went back home, that sort of um, time difference, as well as sort of being isolated from your peers, what advice would you give them about that? Yeah, it's tough. It takes discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, you know, if you put in the required hours and you put in the work and you review your stuff, you still have the time to still see your friends and see your family. So, you know, even though you're going to be home and everything's online and it definitely is hard to motivate, I would just, you know, make sure you have a good workplace, especially Mm -hmm. if you're going to be online and make sure you still take care of your health and you'll, you'll be okay. The school provides you with ample, ample resources and study resources and peer tutors to help you get through it. So even if you're abroad, there will be adjustments that are made to help you succeed you know, they're not setting you up to fail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And talking about peer tutors, you were actually my peer tutor um, in MD1, which I'm very grateful for. Um, you and the rest of the peer tutors really carried me through some aspects when we went through that change in the pandemic. I was very panicked. Um, but you sort of helped highlight what was important and sort of made studying seem simple as well, which at the beginning of medicine, it looks like a huge hike and a huge hill that you can never get over. Um, So that's something I thought that you could enlighten our listeners with as well. Just some general study tips. I know it's big, uh, but any tips at all? Yeah, um, study tips are very individualized as I was chatting to you earlier. You know, there are a million different resources and a million different ways you study. So what I'd recommend is make sure you're doing active studying you know, any technique you're going to use, whether it's making very short summary notes or condensing things into charts or drawing diagrams or even using Anki, they're all active recall um, and creating your own questions and practicing with friends. You know, those are really the essentials. You're not going to retain anything if you passively read, you know, the lecture slides and a bunch, you know, and a bunch of papers. It's very, very, very tough to learn and retain information. And medicine's all about pattern recognition. So clumping things together into a certain pattern will kind of dictate a certain condition, right? And that's kind of what we try to, you know, in our peer tutoring sessions, really drill into your minds. It's like, you know, here's this presentation, you know, there's a constellation of symptoms that will eventually make up a, like a condition from that presentation and you need to kind of like uncover it. And it's all about that pattern recognition and summarizing and getting that in your mind as opposed to passively reading because it's a lot harder when you're chatting to a patient if you don't actively know the information you can't recall it and you know you start to slip up 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. All about connecting the dots, which is sometimes hard to do with isolated lectures and things. It's hard to form that big picture. But once you get that down, it is much easier to remember. And I think that was something I really liked about our tutoring sessions because we sort of had one disease and then the anatomy, physiology, pharmacology, everything attached to that, which I think is a way that most people can understand and learn. Yeah, you need to group it and clump together, especially because there's so many lectures in mm -hmm. first year. There's so much information that's thrown at you and it's not all thrown at you in such an organized fashion. Mm -hmm. Like you have your, I remember when we were in first year, we had our general cardiology block, but then we had like a random you know, physiology lecture, then a random biochem lecture, and they're not all connected. Mm -hmm. So when you actually like actively connect all the pieces together, it also helps with one, you know, studying and getting your round one of mm -hmm. studying through. But then when you actively go back, sorry, actually go back and review it, it makes it a lot easier to recall because it all makes sense. It all flows. Mm -hmm. If you're just going to look at, you know, the lectures that the, it was given in order, it's not going to really make any sense or make any connections. So that's why, how we like clumped all of our, you know, presentation slides in for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It just makes the most sense. And in terms of studying um, for uh, like OSCEs um, and more clinical skills, we did it online this year. Um, obviously, it was a bit, a bit, a few changes were made. Um, we didn't do as many physical examinations, but what sort of tips and advice can you give for people studying that aspect of things? Practice, mm -hmm. like you know, you can summarize that in one word. Um, but how what we spoke a lot about in our tutor tutoring sessions was, you know, they've given you this format, and a lot there's a lot of different, you know, OSCE formats that you follow, and some people will do Socrates, and you know, UniMelp has their their own list of questions that they deem as a very appropriate way to, you know, to run an OSCE with a patient and take a reasonable history, um, and it's making sure you have your format stick to your format, learn the format. And then, you know, it really is all brought together in a methodical way. Once you ask the questions, you start to get all the pieces of the puzzle together and you, you get your own flow and then it all starts to make sense and you start to uncover things in the OSCEs. And that's what they aim to do as like what we were saying earlier, like pattern recognition, you get this constellation of things in the OSCE. And then eventually once you review it enough, it clicks Mm -hmm. um, and you, you kind of check in and you know what's going on in the chat. Another big thing, um, which I should have mentioned earlier, it's, it relates to OSCE, it relates to lecture study, it relates to labs. They, you know, high yield concept, uh, high yield concepts are high yield concepts for a reason. You know, they, they come and like, they come and come and come again. Mm -hmm. um, and they're the most high yield things you'll see in your experience as a medical student and in your experience as a doctor. And there's a reason why they keep coming. And that's where the questions are based. So to succeed, you know, study smart. You don't need to study efficiently. You don't need to study all the little details. You know, they're, they're not, they're not going to come up. Nobody can memorize all those little medical facts. It's there's too many and medicine is so complex. So stick to the high yield stuff, the high yield patterns, um, and you know, the high yield information and you'll, you'll know what's high yield because it keeps coming up. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. And yeah, you do sort of get the hang of it. And at the beginning, I feel like most people are still in the undergrad mindset where they're like must memorize everything because otherwise won't get into medicine. Um, but then you settle in and you figure out, yeah, what is that high yield stuff? And I think the best way to sort of 
figure out what is high yield and what isn't is again, what keeps coming up, but also how does it relate to patients and real life? Um, if it's one specific, you know, gene or molecule or something that doesn't come up often and it doesn't relate to many patients, probably not high yield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's funny that you say like you come in with your undergrad mindset. Mm. You know, I studied so inefficiently in my undergrad. And when I first got into medicine, I tried to do the same thing because it worked for me then. Mm. You know, I would just read the lecture slides. I would, you know, occasionally maybe write a note here and there. I'm um, just being like, oh, maybe I should remember that for later. I would re-listen to lectures over and over and over again and just listen, not take notes, just, just sit there and just passively absorb. Mm. And I tried to do that in medicine and I fell so behind so fast at the beginning. And I was like, wow, I need to change. I need to change what I'm doing. Um, Cause you know, I used to go through all these recordings like four times. I used to go through like all content like four or five times before doing it on a smaller exam. Mm -hmm. Now it's like you go through things twice, maybe three times if you're lucky, be lucky. Um, and you have so much content on the exam. So you can't, it's not the same. You have to do active recall. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's such good advice. And it's good to hear that too, because I'm sure lots of students when this is being released, uh, doing going through that same process where they're like, this is not helping, I need to change it. So that's really good advice and good timing as well. Well, thanks for joining us today, Josh. Um, before we finish up, I like to sort of give students some sort of way of getting in touch with you if they want to reach out and ask any more specific questions. So where can they find you? Yeah, uh, so happy to have anyone reach out to me. Um, I guess the best place and easiest place and most casual would probably be on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a, a medical account, kind of a student blog. And if you guys want to reach out to me on there, it's md3.downunder, as I'm a third year medical student down under in Australia. <laughs> Brilliant name, I thought. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So like, that's the easiest place because I'll always be active on there and I'll see your messages immediately. Um, and it'll probably be a lot easier and a lot quicker than email. And we can figure out stuff from there. If you want to have a phone chat um, or a FaceTime call or anything like that, if you have any questions, more than happy to help. Perfect. Thank you for that. And we'll put that all in our show notes as well. So it's easy access. I was in all your international shoes at some point. So I get it. It's daunting. It's an amazing move and it's an amazing place. So I'd highly recommend and an amazing school and institution. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Josh. I'm sure everyone has found it very useful and it was great talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Please like, share and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.